You're watching Meet the Movie Press, and coming up, we're going to be talking about Matt Reeves, Ridley Scott, Bright 2, a whole bunch of crazy stuff. It's 2018, baby! Stay tuned. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. And now, here's Popcorn Talk's Meet the Movie Press. Happy New Year! I don't know what that was. Well, that's that thing that on New Year's. Right? Oh, yeah. Never mind. Excellent. You're right. Uh, how, how was your... Hey, Happy New Year. Yeah. yeah thank you. That's you. And welcome to Meet the Movie Press, everybody. Yes, another year. Another 12 months of this shit. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> I'm your host, Jeff Snyder, editor-in-chief of the tracking board, mm. tracking-board.com. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at, at the Insnyder. And with me, as always, Simon Thompson. Uh, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at ShowbizSimon. And there's a Facebook page. This is Simon Thompson. Oh, my God. I feel like it's been forever since I've seen it you. I haven't seen you since like last year. Time. I had hair last time <laughs> uh, we did a show. I know. That's what you wanted for Christmas. I'm yeah, sorry, Santa. I didn't bring it. I but... was on the naughty list. <laughs> Quite deservedly you so. Are qu- quite I have a potty naughty. mouth. That is true. You're very naughty. <laughs> How uh, was your break? It was. It was good. It good. was uh, relaxing. Nice. You know, I've never had a job where I have the last two weeks of December just off. You know, like at the wrap. You know, I always had to either be in the office or mm-hmm. you know be filing like normal and like you know the tracking board just shut down for the last two weeks. Uh, you know, I had to edit some reviews and things like that that came in, but it was pretty pretty easy breezy. How about you? Uh, yeah, pretty good, pretty busy. Uh, I kind of did. You were really, busy, busy. Yeah, yeah. I thought I was going to sit on my ass and watch some TV. Mm-hmm. Oh no, oh, that's all I did. No, did not happen. <laughs> uh, caught up on a few movies that I hadn't seen though, which was good. yeah. Did, did did anything change on your top ten list? Did uh, you see? Do you know? I think it might have, but. I'm kind of I'm not that guy that changes my top ten around. I've seen right. a couple of things. At well, the end. what was the stuff that you saw at the end? Uh, Shape of Water. Uh huh. Loved it. Yep. Uh, three billboards. Uh, finally got around to seeing that. Loved it. Phantom Thread. Um, yeah, I I did. I really liked that. I found it quite an awkward watch, but also that's, that's quite like, genius. That's like the rela- That's what you yeah. were getting at when you said Nadia. It's the yeah. relationship you and your wife have, right? Very much so. I make the dresses. <laughs> she wears them. Uh, she also wears the trousers. Um, but no, it, I mean, I, I really like Phantom Thread. I, I, I have kind of a weird relationship with, with PTA's work. Um, some I love and some just doesn't work, work with me yeah. at all. But no, Phantom Thread, I really enjoyed it. I felt like um, it was a return to form because yeah, his last it's a two great movie. movies were nearly watchable. The performances are phenomenal. And the script is unbelievably yeah, yeah, yeah. She, she really goes toe to toe with Daniel yeah. Day Lewis. Um, what about yourself? I just I just watched TV because I was like out of movies to watch. I did yeah. I did catch up on Coco, uh, but mainly I was just transfixed by the assassination of how, Gianni Versace. Out of out of fourteen days, how many times did you put your pants on and leave the house? Very few. Okay, good. Yeah, very very few. Excellent. Um, I watched Versace. I watched Waco. The first three episodes oh, of that. I watched the excited. first three episodes of The Looming Tower. The first episode of The Shy. The first episode of Counterpart. The first three episodes of Trust. Mm. Uh, Danny Boyle's Getty series. Yeah, uh, I watched all of Black Mirror. I watched the, the Chappelle specials, which were crazy. Um, that was a very dark Christmas. Yeah. Yeah, between Black Mirror Jesus. and those Chappelle specials, Netflix. <laughs> oh, yeah, I don't mean Black Mirror. in the New Year. I mean, it was like, because Dark with all the... Yeah, the, yeah that's the a lot subject of, of his stuff. comedy. He's, yeah, been, yeah. he's gotten into some hot water for that. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, this is Meet the Movie Press, yeah. and so we have movie stuff to discuss. We do. It's actually, for, for the first week of January... There's been some pretty big stuff. Sometimes it can be a little bit lean. Well, where do you want to start, Mr. Okay, big Stuff? Let's start about uh, with the new, the new story this morning, Matt Reeves. 
Matt Reeves. You literally tweeted about that. Packing up 36 yeah, minutes ago. Packing up that uh, production company, Sixth mm-hmm. in Idaho, moving from Fox to Netflix yep. with an exclusive first look deal for anything that he wants to produce and direct. Of course, he's still going to be making the Batman for Warner Brothers. Yep. I'm just going to take up the next two or three years of his life. So, uh, I'm quite you know, involved. Yeah, I don't know if he'll be directing anything for Netflix any, uh, you know, anytime that soon, but certainly uh, Reeves is an active producer and he's only mm. going to get more active. Um, and yeah, now Netflix has its hands on on his stuff and and that's what this is what they need to do. They need to bring big name people under their yep. umbrella in order to compete with you know what disney has now amassed with its fox acquisition well i mean also yes they do and i think it's also going to make sure that the quality of stuff is 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 you know consistently high because i think the one thing that netflix have had a, an issue with with some of their original content is it, it, the quality has been quite scattered you know right. there's some really good stuff and there's some stuff that's really not very good so i think this will sort of level out that quality playing field the only thing i'm a bit concerned about is i know matt reeves won't be the last person to do this. Is this then going to create a risk where these new creators, these new directors, new producers are going to be shoehorned out and given the crumbs rather than the budgets that they're kind of given to, to cut their teeth on well, the yes, stuff? It's, is that an issue we need it, to look at? It is very tough out there, I think, for producers yeah. these days. Because a lot of people, even the last couple of years, have looked at Netflix as, ah, great, we can't get into theatres. Netflix is our platform for the people where we can get our stuff made and still make some money so this can become a career. I'm a little bit concerned that if we start spending all this money on these big names and they're going to kind of push that out a little bit. Here's the thing. Netflix is making 80 fucking movies a year. Yeah. So, you know, the fact that it's going to start making, you know, a few more big movies Mm. a la Bright and taking a few more big swings, I don't really think that that's going to take away from the number of smaller films that it invests in. Yeah. So... Uh, but obviously, I mean, he's not the only Matt is not the only person moving away from Netflix slightly. He's not the only person to he, sort of pick up his wagon and move this week. He's moving towards Netflix. He's moving towards Netflix. But Will Smith is moving away from Sony this week, right? So, so we have Will Smith leaving uh, Sony, and they're and they're just yeah. going to operate as an independent, yeah. Um, and and Matt Reeves move, moving out of Fox, and, and and you know, with Fox being bought by Disney, I don't know how many first look deals will mm. stand. You know, Disney isn't. The sort of studio that has that many first look deals. Um, not that I, not that I, that I can think of. And if Fox is like a label within Disney, mm. I mean, labels still have first look deals. You'll still see like Screen Gems give out the occasional first look deal or New Line or yeah. whatever. Um, but yeah, may, may, I just I'm just saying, don't be surprised if you see a, a few uh, Fox based filmmakers find new homes essentially for their production companies. You know. Well, I mean, there was uh, there were a couple of people yesterday at the, the the TCAs who are obviously part of the Fox family who were talking about the the, the Fox Disney deal right. and kind of what it means for them. Um, and you know, a few people were like, "I thought I was going to be at Fox forever. It was Fox or die." Right. Ryan, Ryan Murphy said that. Ryan, you know, yeah, he was uh, like, "I thought I was going to be buried, buried on the Fox lot." Right. Um, so a lot of people are going to be looking for homes. I think there are going to be... I mean, we've talked about this before. On the Fox lot, there are lots of people who have their production bases. Right. Uh, you know, uh, Sean Levy's another one. His, yeah. his production mm-hmm. base uh, is, is over there. We haven't heard what's going to happen with that. We haven't heard what's going to happen to any of those. I mean, we don't even know what's going to happen with sh- the Fox sh- lot. The Fox sh- lot might not exist. Sean Lee... Right. Well, I mean, they've, I think they've leased it for seven years. Yeah. To, uh, you know, for... You can't just 
displace all you know four thousand people or whatever. Um, what were we, wait? What was the point that you just said? What was the thing that you just about mentioned? people who you know the uh, they thought that this relationship was going to go on and they're kind of reevaluating the longevity of where they're going to go and stuff like that. I lost it. Um, I mean, I think also with going back to the to the Matt Reeves Netflix thing, I think with the Netflix and obviously oh, people sort of you know de de hitching their wagons or hitching their wagons. Obviously, don't forget. Apple are going to become big players. Right, Amazon exactly. are already big players. The, so this field has suddenly got a lot wider. There's a lot of this speculation about what will happen with Ryan Murphy. Is he yeah. going to get offered a big Shonda Rhimes style yeah. deal? Uh, you know, is Apple going to sort of push all its chips into Ryan Murphy's basket? Um, yeah. But Sean Levy, he would obviously make sense to take that production company to Netflix, given the Stranger Things connection. So yeah. you know, we'll see. Um, he also worked with Paramount on Arrival. So yeah. And you know, Paramount needs talent. I mean, I think overall, this is is generally a is is a positive thing. What's happening in the industry right now? I think it is opening up the landscape that is going to give a lot more opportunities for different kinds of content, different kinds of storytelling, different kinds of new talent. Uh, kind of creating these micro budgets. I was having a conversation with someone uh, just last night where this two to three million budget is become is begun to come a, a common currency for people to to cut their teeth on, which I think is really good. So at the moment, I'm looking at this as a very positive move for the industry. Uh, when we're seeing other areas like Fox and Disney sort of consolidating. And you had mentioned uh, Will Smith. Yeah. Um, so so his company, Overbrook, is going to be operating as an independent. Yeah, you know, I, right. I tweeted out, you know, like, well, is anybody actually surprised that they're leaving Sony, given how the studio sort of moved uh, Bad Boys 3 around the calendar and then ultimately decided not to make it? And then somebody reached out and they were like, well, actually, that was really, you know, on Will Smith. Because mm. Will Smith was supposedly uh, requesting a ton of script changes. So he sort of prevented it from moving forward and and maybe he never planned to do it and maybe he was just using it as a sort of bargaining chip and you know with other studios like mm. if you don't pay me what i want for dumbo or whatever it is yep. um whatever movie he's doing uh, over at disney then well, he's I'm, doing aladdin as well. aladdin that's what it yeah. is no forget dumbo Sorry, it's he aladdin was, he was linked to dumbo that didn't happen right exactly he's doing aladdin <laughs> pay me what i want for aladdin or yep. else i'm gonna go do bad boys so you know he always had that the specter of that project mm. looming over there anyways uh you know the, but also how when he's doing that now how much push does will smith have because even though will smith is still a big star he hasn't had a great run at the box office uh, and whether it's financially right or the last few movies have, haven't done very well yeah and over the last four or five years his movies have been a little bit off the mark but so so here him. so this is where we're going to get into the, our next topic here so obviously he just had bright come out yep which critics uh, didn't like but a lot of people crit- critics didn't care for it but in the end was it worth it for Will Smith, for Netflix, etc. And I would have to say yes. I mean, if 11 million people, and that's just what was measured by Nielsen. Yeah. It's a huge underestimate, and Netflix is quick to stress that. Like, I had the Netflix Twitter account, the official Netflix Twitter account, responding to myself and to Ed Douglas. Um because they, they, you can just see that like it gets under their skin mm. some of this rating stuff because they know it's not accurate. So it's uh, Nielsen only measures people who watch via their televisions, not via their laptops, not via their phones. So that's just eleven million people right there, and that's just the U.S. And Netflix are consistently pushing about the mobility right. of their platform. And and I tweeted out, uh, you know, eleven million people equates to a hundred and ten million dollar opening. You know, if you if you do ten dollars a ticket. Yeah. Yes, I'm aware that the fucking average movie ticket is not ten dollars. Internet. 
They're like, oh, well, actually, it's uh, eight ninety one. Uh, so, okay, well, well actually, uh, here in Des Moines, it's twelve forty three. Really, what are we talking about between one hundred and ten million or ninety nine million or whatever the fuck it is? Yeah. Um, it's a win. I mean, it seems like a pretty big fucking win. Like the movie, essentially, no matter how, what way you slice it, made its. Money back, it's yeah. budget back, which was ninety million. A quick comment in the chat um, from uh, Ragu uh, Sethraman. Uh, apologies if I got that wrong. Uh, liked Bright, to be honest. Uh, you guys in LA don't really make me not watch a movie, and to be honest with you, neither should we. It's an opinion. It's like we're not sitting here to tell you you shouldn't have olives on your pizza. If you want olives on your pizza, pile that shit on. It's just an opinion. We're not telling you to not watch something or to watch something. Watch whatever the fuck you like. like yeah, I, I, I like. I knew, I knew. Bright wasn't going to be good, but yeah. I still wanted to watch it. Like sometimes you want no, that 100%. preconceived notion affirmed, and and sometimes you know you you, you maybe you just don't trust critics. Well, I mean, I I didn't love it. I didn't hate it. I so, think some it critics a, liked it. Yeah, Variety yeah, it flipped for it. Variety yeah. said it's the best original movie they've ever made. Uh, yeah, but I mean that's like. Damning with faint praise. I don't. Although he did say, I think he did say made, not released. So I don't know if he's counting Mudbound in that equation yeah, because yeah. Mudbound was technically an, an yeah, acquisition, true. but still. Um, I yeah, I, I I appreciated the effort from mm. Bright in a sense. It was ambitious, but I think it it missed the mark. Um, and so a sequel yeah. was announced this week, and it I was. I gotta yeah. say, props to Netflix on the way that they announced these sequels. You know, like they cut together that orc audition video. Did you see that? Yeah. It's clever. Mm. Like, you know, some studios are just content with sending out press releases. Like, do something a little special. Like, this movie was special to them. I'm glad they did something special for that announcement. Um, Max Landis not coming back. Yep. And full disclosure, you know, I know Max a little bit. Uh, and he's always been good to me, but there's a lot of stuff floating out there uh, right now about Max Landis. I don't know if it had anything to do with him not being part of the sequel announcement. Well, maybe, but also David does like to write and direct. Yeah, exactly. His own stuff. It's not like um, so that wasn't entirely unexpected. Yeah, uh, yes, and, and from what I understand, uh, Bright was was certainly re- rewritten by Ayer. He put his mm-hmm. imprimatur on it. Um, I don't know how the, se- the the second film wouldn't include a credit for Max Landis, like a, as an EP or something, because it's based on his characters that he created. Yeah. So then I don't know how you just separate him entirely from a sequel. Uh, but nonetheless, we are getting one. Yeah. Will Smith, Joel Edgerton coming back, David Ayer going to be directing again. I don't know what this means for David Ayer's future at, at DC, which we're going to talk about in a second. Um, yeah. But I mean, I, 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 I was quite, I was like, okay, fine. Bright, I thought for me, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't dislike it. I didn't love it. I thought it was fine. When they said sequel, I'm like, okay, I'm in, I'm kind of interested or intrigued to see where what they're going to do with this. I think that was a nice groundwork that they can go up. There's a lot of space right, you to have go to, up. It's a whole that. world you have yeah. to build, which can always be tricky. Um, plus, I mean, plus all the, the the racial elements, which which were you know, I think messily done. It was it was just a little bit clumsy, clumsily I'm handled. Fisted. Yeah. Um, but again, 11 million people, you can't tell how many people watch with friends or their entire families for that matter. Yeah. You know, that's just one account playing it. There could have been a whole room full of people there. Um, but it's good for Netflix to be able to put a number on something because constantly, I know you, when you write about Netflix stuff and I write about Netflix stuff, you know, you just want numbers and they're like, we don't release numbers. And and in the industry, a lot of people are like, yeah, Netflix is kind of like a, oh, I've got a girlfriend in Canada type maths. You know, it's like you never see it, you never know it. It's like, trust me, it's done well. 
now you can Hollywood is, obs- is obsessed with yeah. numbers. It's yeah. just like sports and the way that leagues have, have, you know, become like stats driven and, and that drives their analysis and their scouting and all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, the studios and, and networks think that they can put numbers on, on this kind of stuff. Or maybe it's just that the media needs that easily digestible, like framework to wrap our heads around, mm. you know, whether a show is or isn't successful. Um, but yeah, I, I don't really care how many people are watching this stuff. I like that Netflix kind of keeps it, a secret. Um, it's just, it was, I, I just thought it was interesting. So while Smith's company exited its longtime deal with Sony, David Ayer actually formed a production company did. this week as well uh, with Chris Long. Um, yeah. yeah, so th- there's some interesting movement going on w- within sort of that that part of the industry right now, which I think is, for me, it's making all the right noises. And talking of other moves, there's a couple of other... <coughs> Pardon me. Um, things going on at the moment. Uh, obviously, the, the news broke this week about um, uh, Walter Hamada. Yeah, Walter uh, Hamada uh, was at New Line for a long time, working yeah. on a lot of their horror stuff, the Conjuring yeah. franchise. Exec it. producer Conjuring in it. Yeah, right. Uh, and I, I think he was working closely with Dave Newstatter. Like you know, they, they have different little kind of like silos uh, mm. over there at New Film at New Line. And um, and it runs like a, a smooth engine. Yeah. Uh, and so I'm not surprised that Toby. Uh, sort of cherry picked from his old executive team over there. You know that he has a really good relationship with Walter. He can, he can trust him. Walter's had success that he can point to. Um, and he's, he's also well liked. People like yeah, the, the yeah. best that I've heard about him as an individual within the industry. Yeah. I've never met him, but he's very positive. Uh, yeah, I, I haven't heard a lot of people shit talking uh, Walter Hamato over the years. So. You know, it, it's it's an interesting hire. I think that they needed to do something. Uh, they needed a strong executive in charge, and uh, hopefully, this helps get the DC. So hopefully, he will help get the DC films uh, universe back on track. Yeah. No, I think it'll be. Um, I mean, I was having a conversation again with some people last night, and they were they were like, "Oh, this is very very good." So, and I think the experience of obviously the the, the Conjuring universe as that has expanded, and the way that they look at that sort of moving forward in the next couple of years. If he applies that kind of thinking to DC and there's that kind of tone and texture and storytelling, I think we can definitely very easily and very quickly see some improvements within the films that, that they're, they're kicking out under the DC label. And I think also with, the, with that lower level DC stuff we talked about last year, kind of like the, uh, you know, the, the secondary projects, the origin stories and stuff like that could be very interesting with, uh, with Walter overseeing that stuff. Uh, yeah, it, it, it's a new dawn. It's a new day for DC mm. Films. So we wish them the best of luck. We want these movies to succeed, folks. We We're not very haters over do. there. Uh, but yeah, we just we just call them like we see them. Yeah. Um, let's talk about some box office stuff. Dude. Okay. Tell me about 2017 ticket sales. How did those uh, rank? Uh, they were the lowest in... How, how, how? Okay, they were the lowest for quite a while. How many years do you think they were the lowest... For like 10... 25. 25, exactly. Spot on. 25 years. Uh, so, yeah, it's not a million miles off previous years, but enough to make a lot of people sort of look and go, oh, that is was it, not... Is that a dollar... Fi- it's not, is that not a dollar figure? Man? It's, a, it's attendance, right? Yeah. It's, it's attendance. Yeah. Okay. Um, actual tickets sold. Yes. Um, I mean, the actual take home at the end of the year was lower than the previous year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we kind of knew that was going to come even with the success of The Last Jedi. Um, but yeah, so actual attendance was was down. Um, this is the thing we spoke about a lot last year about the fact that audiences, there, are t- there appears to be 
with the growth of things like a number of factors, with the growth of things like Netflix, a lot of people are staying at home and watching movies mm-hmm. and or not even perhaps going to the theatre to see it. Um, and there are a lot of people who are still going to see a lot of the big blockbuster movies that are still doing very, very well. But they are being a bit more picky about where they spend their dollars and if they go to the theatre or if they wait for stuff to come out um, on streaming services or, or home entertainment or whatever. So I think it's quite interesting. But I think a lot of the films that did get good attendance last year, even if they weren't the most financially successful, were a lot of the movies that were strong on storytelling and strong on uh, female angles and female role models and stuff right. like that. For, for so the we're first seeing time... a shift in what people are going to see within the, that the top three films at the box office yeah. starred women it was yeah. star wars beauty and the beast and wonder woman correct yeah um pretty interesting so we're seeing a little bit of shift about what is putting I, those bums on seats. i think that's only going to accelerate though i mean like i said just look at winter you know winter break i, I know i'm an exception because i get to see all the movies early yeah um but i didn't go to the theater once I didn't go see Coco in the theater. I stayed and I watched Versace. Well, we selected what we went to see and catch up in the theater. So I saw um, Phantom Thread and uh, Three Billboards on screeners. Uh, and yet we chose to go and see Shape of Water in a theater because of the environment, because sure. we wanted to see it on the big screen, but also because we wanted to give that film, out of all the ones, definitely our, our, our hard-earned money. Sure. And, you know, I look at it like a, a regular person in a movie theater around, you know, the world. Is You pick where you put your money. I'm just saying, now there's 110 million people worldwide mm-hmm. who have Netflix. And, and like, I, re- I released a Netflix year-in-review thing. Yeah. Where I ran down my 10 favorite movies, my 5 favorite documentaries, uh, or my 10 favorite shows, my 5 favorite documentaries, my 5 favorite movies, 18 movies to look forward. I mean, it was just like a whole Netflix overview. And when you see all the Netflix content that I consumed this year, because I did the whole list Mm. of everything on Netflix that I watched, it's crazy. Those are all hours that I would normally spend watching movies. Yeah. Uh, and, and so I think that that is only going to uh, get worse. But I think it's also a really good thing for the industry because I think 2017 was very much kind of a reset because there are certain genres and certain... We've seen a lot of new talent come through and have really really good success. We've seen a lot of genres that have previously been sniffed at. We see the constant rotation of horror. Horror turned out really good at the box office last year. And also people who wouldn't consider themselves to be horror fans coming out and watching horror movies. So we've seen that. I think also, as you say, we talked about the you know the, sort of the rise of the, the, the female story on the female role model but i think what this is going to basically make hollywood look at and think is they have to put more effort into making some of these movies that i think over the last four or five years uh, perhaps even 10 years they've taken a little bit for granted by the fact they can just do another of x and y will go and see it right because y isn't always buying into that now you've got a lot work a lot harder for y's money so i think it's good because it's teaching hollywood don't take the audience for granted the problem is that Hollywood doesn't leave any breathing room between these movies, and so there's no time for course correction, Mm. okay? There's no time for Warner Brothers to sit back and listen to all the complaints about Batman vs. Superman and then then rewrite the script and and address those issues in Justice League. Nope, by the the time Batman vs. Superman comes out, they're already fucking moving on Justice League. It's Mm. like it's a moving train that cannot be stopped. Interesting question coming through from Zeno Hour um, on the chat saying, uh, Simon, do you think movies pass could grow bigger this year and theater change will fully embrace it um yes i think movie pass is gonna get uh, only bigger this year and now we know that a lot of the, the, the movie chains um have had a kind of a problem with this because you know even though they're getting bums on seats you know it's not sort of you know the same sort of cash stuff going through um yeah i think it is i think people are going to be you know they're going to use this to see more movies which will get more bums on seats 
and if people go to the movie theatre and they're getting they're paying less for their tickets they're likely to spend potentially more on concessions and stuff around the movie going experience which is where a lot of the movie theatres make most of their money so financially the movie theatres will be rubbing their hands and better off um, I think it's also going to fill theatres which is going to make it more cost effective um, as far as running a business goes <laughs> but I think it'll just mean that people will take more chance on stuff that they're going to see because if you're paying $9.99 a month and you go and see five movies or four movies in a month two of those maybe one or two of those are movies that you wouldn't have spent 10 to 15 dollars on but you quite fancy seeing and previously would have waited for it to come to Netflix and you go out and you tell five friends who don't have movie pass that you thought the big sick was great those five friends might then spend 10 to 15 dollars on a ticket so i think yeah i think it is going to get bigger this year i think the impact and the importance of things like movie pass um is going to increase this year as well i'm very conflicted on movie pass every time i see people Do you have one no i have one i got one yeah well first of all i'm totally they take like three months to fucking arrive yeah, they do. <laughs> Every time I see some like on Instagram somebody using one or whatever, mm. I'm like I'm jealous. I'm like, oh Jeff, why aren't you smart enough to get a fucking movie pass? Why don't you just get one? But at the same time, part of me doesn't mind paying full price to see a movie. I feel like I'm doing my part to support the industry that yep. I love. Yep, yep. Uh, and to, and to just see these movies as many movies as I want, which is fucking dangerous given how many movies I see in a given year for ninety nine for nine ninety nine a month. I don't know how the industry can sustain itself on that. No, that will be interesting to see. But also, don't forget that a lot of the stuff that you and I get to see, we don't pay for full stop. Yeah, no, of course. We're but just, also, it's like, I'm... fuck, imagine if if I wasn't in the press. and Like, if I was just I'm seeing 180 yeah. movies a year for nine ninety nine a month. Yeah. But also, look at the fact that, you know, if you, uh, you know, we're all quite lazy with our subscription. So nine ninety nine is very easy for a number for you to forget. So if your movie pass... And I, I, you know, I'm I'm Derek in Idaho, and I've got a movie. You actually look like a Derek. Derek, from I know, Idaho. I know. He sounds like this too. Um, so I'm Derek from Idaho. I've got my movie pass. I'm paying nine ninety nine for it every month. I perhaps use it five times a year. Movie pass are making shitload of money every month from my subscription. So for them, that's a great business model. Yeah, no, I, you can't I, use it in I, all theaters. I, I think so. movie pass. You know, um, as more people have that sort yep. of feeling that i had where it's like oh geez i'm a fool for not doing this it will get bigger i just don't know if it can actually sustain itself yeah i mean i several times over the holidays i thought well i'll go and catch a movie today and i just couldn't be like i just don't understand why do the theaters have to accept this that's what that's what i don't understand yeah they don't they don't have to i mean currently there are there's a large circle of movie theaters independents there are places that i won't use movie pass the new beverly is round the corner well, from can't. where I live. They don't accept it, right? Yes, it's they not, do. It's not, they do. They do oh, accept wow. it. But I won't because I, if I'm paying... They accept movie pass eight, to go see like old movies yeah. and shit? Wow. So, uh, if I, I, but I, I if I'm paying like 6 apply. or $8 shit. to go to the New Bev, I'm like, I would give the New Beverly so that I keep that movie theater right. open. They need my $8. If I'm going to watch a movie that I know they're going to have billions of people paying to see, I'm kind of like, do you know what? On this one, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get a... I'm going to use my movie pass, and then I'm going to. Well, if I want to see another one, I'll pay. A, for a place like New Beverly is so counting on your concession sales. Yeah. That's what. Which again, that's what they're after. Cheap. I mean, it's like two dollars for a hot dog. It's, but again, they don't take the piss with their pricing. So I'm kind of like, you don't, you don't take me for advantage as a customer. So I'm going to, you're going to get my money. So it's, it, you know, and I don't use, you know, I, if mm-hmm. there's a movie that I want to see and it's not showing in a place or I can't use my movie pass somewhere, I, I will pay. So I will still pay for a ticket on top of what I pay for my movie pass every year. So it doesn't mean that I don't buy full price tickets. I still do that. But it does 
kind of affect the way that I, the way and where I see movies. I see. Yeah. Um, there's more box office stuff going on. There's a few things. So yeah. Star Wars open in China. Yeah. Uh, not not doing that well. No. Um, and I guess it never did that well in China. It's always been a weaker market. Yeah. But when you compare it to things like the Fast franchise or even some local comedy, mm. it's getting. It's kind of getting spanked. I mean, there was quite a lot of noise around when Force Awakens opened two years ago, and you know, it was. I think that was the first Star Wars movie. I might be wrong on this, but I believe it was the first Star Wars movie to get a theatrical release in China. I think I believe I, I remember seeing that somewhere. And um, so there was a lot of lot of excitement around that. But again, that did okay. You know, it did, it did very well, but it didn't do brilliantly. Uh, Rogue One, you know, again anticipation. But this is looking like it's going to struggle for second place at the the Chinese box office uh, this weekend. And China becoming an increasingly important market uh, in Hollywood. Um, and and Disney being hugely popular over there, it's it's quite surprising. And I think there'll be a little bit of. Um, a little bit of disappointment and head scratching over exactly why that is, yeah. why it's not working. Um, beats me. I, I don't know if maybe the. Uh, <laughs> I'd love to think that the jig is up on Star Wars, but I have a feeling that's not the case. Yeah, I know. I, um, I, I don't think so. I think we're. I mean, I, I would be happy if we had a Star Wars movie every two years. I think that them coming a little bit like buses, like every year at the moment, right. they're is, just going to burn out. Yeah, uh, but yeah, you know when you're. You can't miss when something you're these, if it doesn't go away. It's because you know? when you're these executives, why why wait two years? Like, I don't know if I'm going to be here in two years. I, I better just don't keep making these. Be I better years. keep. Well, you're right the way the fucking country is looking. <laughs> no, right. um, uh, elsewhere in box office, uh, Justin Kroll noted that Jumanji. Who? Justin Kroll. Who? Say his yeah. name. Justin Kroll. That's like three times it'll appear behind you. Uh, Jumanji, the mm. first movie starring The Rock to cross $200 million at the domestic box office outside yep. of the Fast franchise. That's a big deal for The Rock. It's a big deal. It's definitely a, it's definitely a huge win for the studio. Like The, the movie's doing very well. Yeah. And I was I had my doubts. I thought I'll be was, honest. I thought it was going to be pretty bad. I mean, I, I did not like yes, the trailers. Yes, I, I thought the movie itself was not going to be great, and I really liked it. Yeah, but I still didn't know if that would translate to like big holiday hit, given how much air Star Wars sucks up out of the room. Mm. But it, yeah, it's it's really uh, holding its own. It's funny. I, the, Star Wars has obviously done phenomenally well. Um, A know. billion dollars is phenomenally well. Oh, it's pretty good. <laughs> Pretty good. It's okay. Uh, you know, I wouldn't get cocky, but it's good. Um, but a lot of people around all the movies that were coming out around the holidays, um, uh, there was more excitement about Jumanji um, than I perhaps anticipated there might be. I mean, a lot of people, when it was announced, were like, ooh, I uh, don't know. We love the first one. Not so sure about this. Um, but, I mean, you know, you and myself, we weren't expecting it to be particularly good. We went into it with, with you know, generally quite open minds, going, Fingers crossed. Uh, turned out to be very entertaining. Audiences have really gone on, on board with that. Word of mouth has been great. I think the way that Kevin uh, and Jack and, and, and Dwayne have been promoting the movie has been very, very good. Um, and I, I would not be surprised, and I, I tweeted about this the other day, if a sequel to Jumanji is not announced, like, very soon. You know that's a great point. Uh, I, I would. It's that, kind of flown under the radar. Yeah, I think Feb, February maybe while it's just coming out of theaters. I think that, or maybe when it's a home entertainment release, kind of like a March April kind of time, is when they announce it. Because I would put fifty dollars on the table that there is a script or at least a draft of something sitting in Sony. They would be irresponsible too. not to be they developing be mad something, not right? To do that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I want uh, maybe to I'll call Matt Tolmac after this. Do it. <laughs> 
Time um, and speaking of box office, why don't you give us the report for this weekend, Simon? Okay, there's only one major release, um, and it's really, and it's it, so it, major it, it is. is so major. <laughs> uh, it is not going to make much of an impact. Uh, it's Insidious: The Last Key, which I, I saw on uh, Tuesday, my first screening of the year. Uh, Exciting, yeah, I knew. What a way to start. Uh, Two million dollars in previews last night. It's looking at about a, a weekend of, of seventeen to twenty million. So it's not going to you know bust any blocks. It's going to come in behind it's Star pretty Wars. Good. It's like tripling its budget, yes, quadrupling that its is, budget yeah, this first weekend. Yeah, again, context that's not to be sniffed at. Uh, it's going to come in behind Jumanji, which is going to have another strong weekend. It's going to come in behind Star Wars. Um, it really, there's, there's, it, it's going to have a couple of weeks run, but I, I saw it this week, um, you know, quick, quick review. How was uh, it? Yeah, it's okay. Uh, it's good. It, it gives um, Lin Shay the the room for her character, um, Elise, that really she has deserved throughout the franchise. It's really about her. Um, I could watch Lin Shay until the cows come home. I really like her as an actress. Uh, the film itself, there's a few scares. Narratively, it's it's a, the, the tone's a little bit off. Um, it's better than, for me, the second and third movie. So I would rank the Insidious films uh, one... Uh, this one, two, and then three in in the in the four movies so far. It also kind of leaves it in a way where it's like, okay, if they did, they set it up for a fifth one. I'm like, you know, one more, one more go around. But God, I would see, God I would see that take it off the theatrical I, screen and make it make it a VOD movie, I, I make ne- it a Netflix movie. I need next. to like, make you a plaque. The fact that you've seen all four of these fucking Insidious movies. I deserve a badge. I, I cut bait after that first one. Yeah. I do not care about the further. I'm going a no further. I mean, ha- it has a lot of problems, and it wasn't particularly scary scary, but it has a few moments it's where I'm just, like, yeah, fair news. Generic. generic. There's, there's um, a presence in the house. Yeah, it's, but there's a little, there's a, I won't spoil it, but there is a little, there's a, there's a, a little mm. twist on this, but it, it didn't feel anything, you know, particularly new, but I, you know, I enjoyed, I, it, I enjoyed it enough. It was fine. Okay. Um, you know. Fair enough. It's not bad. Uh, what's next on your list? Okay, let's talk about how much have you got in your wallet, Jeff? Twenty, twenty dollars, twenty-five dollars, and change. Sure. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, we could. Probably, <laughs> I don't know where you're going with we this. We could probably put a bid in for the Weinstein Company because that oh. is going for a song, <laughs> my friend. Um, it's just five hundred million. Just five hundred million in change, uh, in pennies. Uh, yeah, it's looking like it's going to sell for less than five hundred million dollars. So fire yeah. sale. L- less than five hundred. Yeah, like four, I mean, four eighty-five. Yeah, so, like, yeah, it's going to be around five hundred million dollars. Harvey Weinstein still owns twenty percent of the company, mm-hmm. so he's going to get twenty percent of five hundred million, which yep. is a hundred million dollars, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. Uh, but of course, you know, TWC is still liable for damages, and mm-hmm. that could be in the millions or tens of millions, given how many cases there are. Yes. Uh, so not going to walk away with yeah. much in uh, well, your pocket. Well, we'll see. I mean, I think Harvey's still going to, you know, obviously make money off the sale of his company. So it'll be interesting to see what what people are buying um, because you effectively you're buying an archive. You're buying that history, that heritage, that that number of films that you can then do whatever you want. Yeah, you can remake them. You can spin yeah. them off. Yeah. I think that's what you're buying here when you're buying the Weinstein company moving forward because you're not going mean, to, unless you sort of dissolve, it hasn't really been making that many movies that, that, that have made a lot of money. That's the thing. They don't know whether they're going to be selling off the entire company if yeah. they're going to sell it off piecemeal. Like, you know, well, this, this buyer is, is willing to pay a premium for this division of the company. Yeah. Uh, you know, so, so will it be separated? 
We're not sure. Stay tuned. We'll find out what is uh, happening with the Weinstein Company. Yeah. But uh, not going, unfortunately, for a huge amount of money in Hollywood. Well, in Hollywood terms, Although but I, I mean, had... for for a company that's disgraced with like not very, you know, not a ton of assets. I was quite surprised though. I thought it was going to go for sort of maybe a bit more than this, or no. that other old Hollywood thing of like, I'll give you a dollar. It has so much debt on the yeah. company. Um, you know, whoever buys is going to be assuming a lot of that debt. Yeah. Uh, hey, I'll tell you what we need. We need a Merlin movie. Yeah, like my like, a like hole my... <laughs> in the head. Seriously, what the fuck is this? Ridley Scott. Yeah, I, re- I wrote a pretty impassioned article yesterday, and maybe, maybe, maybe I took it uh, a beat too far. But Merlin, yeah. w- nobody cares about this shit. Nobody cares about Merlin. Nobody cares about King Arthur. They didn't care about King Arthur last year when it had Charlie Hunnam and Jude Law. Yeah, uh, which made a lot of worst films of the year list. Nobody's yeah. going to care about Robin Hood when it comes out with uh, Taron Egerton and Jamie Foxx. Like mm. this medieval mumbo jumbo. It, it's it's who is this for? And hasn't Ridley had his fill of this already with Kingdom of Heaven and Robin Hood? Like, yeah. What is the point of this? I don't know. I mean, it's going to be – it's a Disney project. Yeah. And he's not really a family-friendly filmmaker. No. So I'm – I'm this whole thing when the story sort of came through yesterday or the day before, I was like, I don't – I don't – I don't know kind of where – I don't uh, and see it, this. There, and, and, and so Kroll has sources that, that said um, that it may be his next movie. But it, it's just like, I don't know. Like, why? Scott Free is, devel- is developing so many interesting projects. Merlin versus Alien. <laughs> Including the cartel. Yeah. Uh, you know, Don Winslow's book. I, I'm just, I just, you know, I, maybe he wants to go do something a little bit bigger after all the money in the world. Like he's sort of switching off. All the Merlin big, in the world. A bigger movie and a smaller movie. Yeah. <laughs> yes, all the is, Merlin is, in the is world. Is there a Merlin cameo in all the money <laughs> in the world? It's just like Joe, Joe Cornish is doing the same thing with King Arthur. Yeah. Like he's the kid who would be king. This is supposed to be a young Merlin thing, like an origin story. I'm just, I just, I'm just not interested. Nobody cared uh, when it was in Transformers the last night. No, it's just yeah. People I, don't care about these even folklore. They're not saleable. It's like there's just so much Merlin them. out there. Even somebody who's not like Merlin and King Arthur and associated with the knights, like Kingsman, Mark Strong, isn't that? Isn't he Merlin? Yeah. In the Kingsman movies, I just I'm sick of fucking Merlin. Enough Merlin and Ridley Scott. I feel like there's a lot of better shit out there that you could have done. But yeah. I haven't read these books. I don't know what Disney's plan is. Maybe Disney just really wants them to develop it and get it to a certain point before they bring in, you know, the the art dire- director of uh, the year, like you know, like Robert Stromberg or somebody. Zeno Hour saying if they did a, a Game of Thrones style Arthur Legend movie, that could work. Yes, that could work. But this is Disney. And Disney don't do that kind of movie. I like that. It's so good. yeah, I think it, I think that it's a, that's not a bad idea. But Disney, I'm not sure that's that what movie. I'm sure that's what they what's I'm sure that's what they want. So uh, take it away. I need to answer something real quick. Sorry. Okay, uh, God Particle got pushed back. Um, a lot of people were talking about this. Sort of, well, I say a lot of people. Film Twitter were talking about this this week. Um, originally, God Particle, which is another Cloverfield uh, universe movie, was due to come out uh, in the next three weeks. I think it was the second of the second. Um, and uh, I, the Cloverfield movies are notoriously 
last minute screenings. Everything is kept under wraps. There's not a lot of stuff until like there's a last burst before the movie comes out. Um, but still, nobody received any screening notes. There were no publicity so, stuff. There were no trailers. But, no so here's the thing: nothing. It's like you know, the, uh, Paramount played it um, pretty last minute with Ten Cloverfield Lane. Yeah, right. That yeah. like that didn't really start advertising. We didn't really know what that Two, was until weeks. maybe. Was it even three? I mean, I, I thought it was maybe a little bit more, like five or six weeks. Okay. But um, but even if it was three, like I think that these days that you don't need a six month marketing campaign. No, you know, we just saw Netflix this morning announce that the its Letterman project yeah. is going to come out on Friday, next Friday, one week. That's one week mm. to promote this thing. There's been no footage, no teaser, no trailer, no nothing. Um, so I don't really subscribe to that theory that you need a uh, six months to a year to, to build up hype for something like this. Uh, God Particle is moving to 420. Um, Game Over Man, which was going to be an, you know the Netflix movie from Workaholics guys, that was supposed yep. to be 420, but now that's moved up to March. So that, uh, not that it's you know they're competing because that movie's not in theaters, but um, one less thing uh, that Paramount has to worry about for its Cloverfield movie opening in April. Yeah. So I mean, I mean, I I think it would have sat quite nicely around the, this time of year, but I think so too. Um, yeah. So I mean, are they hoping this is going to kick off the, the the summer stuff, or is this going to be one of the last sneak ins yeah. before the summer stuff? It all because depends on whether the movie's good or not. Summer starts end of April. Summer starts end of April. It's like Easter, right? It's, you know, it's, uh, I, I haven't heard great things about this movie, um, but the cast is good enough to to have me interested. I've, yeah. he- I've heard that Overlord, the other bad robot movie, which I nobody knows it, whether it's connected to the Cloverfield universe or not. Mm. I heard that came out really good. Okay. Um, so yeah, we'll just have to wait and see about uh, God Particle, aka Cloverfield, whatever. So uh, let's talk about some casting news that you've got. Uh, okay, <laughs> what, what what do I have? <laughs> uh, I thought you said you had some uh, some little casting. Oh, there, there's stuff. a few. Yeah, yeah. Like, okay. So Dewanda De- De- Wise joined Captain Marvel. Um, she's from she's the lead, and she's got a habit, which okay. was renewed at Netflix recently. I don't know what role she's playing. Uh, it's obviously good to see some diversity in these uh, big Marvel movies. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I don't know if she's going to be treated as, like, a, a rival or, you know, a, a foe for Brie Larson or if she's going to be Brie Larson's best friend or who yep. fucking knows. Uh, Method Man joined the Shaft reboot. I always like Method Man. Yeah. Uh, I always, you know, he, he was on The Wire, right, for a while? Uh, yeah. I believe yeah. so. I believe Ooh. so. Hmm. Anyways, Method Man always uh, he brings a certain authenticity uh, to things. Brooklyn Prince, the star of the Florida Project, joined The Turning, which yep. is Amblin's haunted house movie with Mackenzie Davis and Finn Wolfhard from Stranger Things. If you haven't seen a Florida Project, you should check it out. Yeah, it's it's really it's a, good. It's, a really, it's really good. good. You know, yeah, I yeah. think that the end is divisive. The end of that film, um, I know I didn't love it, but. The movie it stays with you. Yeah, it's it's really beautifully done, uh, and Sean Baker, you know, really, really actually deserving of an Oscar nomination. Lakeith Stanfield, my man, Lakeith, mm-hmm. joining the girl in the spider's web. He's going to play an analyst who's sort of tracking Elizabeth Salander. Nice. Um, and he's having a big year, obviously. Uh, Kendrick Lamar is going to do the Black Panther. Uh, he released a song from the Black Panther uh, soundtrack, and he, which he's curating. Sort of in charge of uh, Black Panther, so that, that you know that bodes well for that movie. It's in mm-hmm. good hands. Uh, Mark L. Smith, who did The Revenant, the writer of The Revenant, he yep. was officially hired to write Quentin Tarantino's Star Trek movie. It still blows my mind that this is. Yeah, it seems like it is a thing. 
Yeah, I mean, again, we this is Quentin plans to direct it. Quentin has announced a lot of plans over the years, mm-hmm. so we'll see if it actually comes to fruition. But just the idea that that Paramount is paying somebody likely a, a pretty hefty sum to write an R-rated Star Trek movie for Quentin Tarantino yeah. is is wild. Uh, Paramount also announced a a new GI Joe movie, God right. help us all, no. uh, along with Micronauts and a whole bunch of other Hasbro property uh, movies. I can't. I mean, yeah, I don't. I, have I don't literally know who's negative, return negative interest in this stuff. For you? that. Yeah. I mean, I. I. I mean, I covered the the GI Joe movies when when they came out originally, but I mean, I just they never really. They just kind of sat there. They didn't really do anything for me. They're kind of like filler movies. I mean, they make a bit of money, but mm-hmm. it's like there's no real general excitement around the franchise. People don't go like, tell you what we need, another G.I. Joe movie. No one says that. <laughs> no, nobody no one does. Says that. I cannot believe this is happening. Uh, let's I think ha- if you're in a junket and you ask Channing Tatum, hey, when's the next G.I. Joe movie coming out? He'd look at you like, are you high? Really? <laughs> um, let's talk about some trailers. So did you see the Game Over Man trailer? Uh, no, I did not. Okay. It's like it's like Die Hard with, you know, for stoners. Uh, tr- <laughs> Truth or Dare. Did you see that one? I did. What did you think? Good. It actually did look kind of good. Yeah, yeah. So, and this is from Blumhouse. Now, mm. so I'm going to share a little uh, okay. bit, of, a, a nugget with you. Now, this is not news. New Jay. Um, because I looked into this a year ago, and still nothing has been announced. Right. Uh, so maybe it's just not happening. But I remember, like, a year ago, when Stranger Things had sort of first hit, mm. um, I had heard a rumor that Joe Keery, who plays Steve on the show, was going to do something called Seven Minutes in Heaven. So I love that the like somewhere within Blumhouse, whether they're actually planning to make this movie or not, I have no idea. Again, this was a year ago. I doubt Joe Keery is still involved because again, nothing's been announced. Yeah, but like truth or dare, they're supposedly developing a Seven Minutes in Heaven movie. What's next? Spin the bottle. Ah, uh. like. <laughs> like this is a free pitch for for fucking Blumhouse. Like you know the, the the bottle of death, and if it lands on you, you're the next one to die. Like he's just taking these fucking dating games from t- when you're a teenager, like makeout games, and turning them into horror movies. It's kind of brilliant. Simple. And this is after the company did Ouija, of course. So just like yeah. turning board games, essentially. Uh, slash, you know, make out games into movies. Candyman Crush. I got a fucking hand it, hand it, hand it to him. Candyman Crush. Update it. Anyway. Spin the went, bottle. That went down. Don't bit. let would... the bottle land on you. Okay, did you see Slenderman? That trailer? Uh, yes. What did you think of that? I liked it. I actually thought it looked I'm, cool, too. I'm, yeah. It looked like it sort of wants to be the next The Ring. Uh, yeah, which I think it'll either be or it'll really miss the mark. I think it's not gonna, yeah. really going to be a middle ground. That director's not bad, though. Yeah. Uh, For me, I just it's one of those White. things where I'm like, I hope you didn't put all the really, the, the really creepy stuff like in. If you didn't, you didn't blow... Blow the creep too soon. Right. So we go in and we're all like in that thing where we're kind of used to that. Sl- Slender Man and, Tr- and Truth or Dare both have teenagers stabbing themselves in the eyes. It's very in now. <laughs> it is. It's very uh, it's in. It's sweeping the nation. Yeah. Logan Paul did it the other day. <laughs> um, uh, Neil Turrets, frequent guest of the show, hey, he yeah, has yeah, a she's... column going up later today about mm. Slender Man and some of the outcry from uh, the actual family. Yes. You know, uh, whose little girl tried to kill another little girl uh, on the on the orders of the Slender Man. Did you see the new Death Wish trailer? I did. What do I'm, you think? I, I'm so looking forward to that. Yeah. I tweeted about this. Come on. Hey, look, it's it's <laughs> Eli Roth. It's, it's Bruce Willis. It's Elizabeth Shue. 
It's a looks like a solid revenge action movie. I'm in. I'm in too. It, I don't think it's going to be any good, but you know what? I, I, just I wanna really want to see it. Yeah. Yep. I know people I, who have seen it, and they say it's really they say it's good. good. Yeah, they say it's really good. It, you know, it, it's Could a be little a new bit franchise. Maybe. Could be I a new mean, franchise. Who knows with, with Bruce these days? Um, remember that movie, The Brave One? Yeah. With Jodie Foster, you think that would do well if it came out these days? Yes. Actually, that do you know what? I actually might revisit that. I haven't seen that since it came out. That's that's a pretty good point, actually. Yes, I think it might. Um. Okay, let's see what else. Did you see the Sicario 2 trailer? Yes, I did. Dude, that looks fucking sick. It looks really, really good. Soldado. Oh, my God. Yeah, no, I'm very much on board for that. I, I was quite late to the game uh, with Sicario, and I, I watched it. After it had been in theaters, mm-hmm. um, I just, for some reason didn't get around to watching it. Um, it's a, that's a solid movie. It looks. I was, a, I was a little bit worried. It's like, can you, can you really top that, meet that? And I think they, I'm pretty, pretty confident about this one. I was worried that it would be missing an element with with Emily Blunt. Yeah. Uh, without without Emily Blunt, I'm saying, uh, since this is just about Brolin and Benicio. But man, it looks fucking awesome. It, it look, looks does look good. A lot more action really packed. Uh, Ocean's Eight also dropped a trailer. Mm. Think you think that looks good? No. I'm, I'm curious. I'm, I'm, I, I just like I like that franchise, even when the, like Ocean's Thirteen is not a good movie, mm. but I still have fun when you just see a lot of big movie stars sort of doing their thing together. Yeah. Uh, so I'm looking forward to Ocean's Eight. Did you see the trailer for the End of the Fucking World? No. Some big British like graphic novel thing on Netflix. No. Check that out. That looked okay. interesting to me. I don't know. Uh, some stuff that we that happened just as we were we were starting the show. Uh, the PGA uh, film and TV nominations uh, were unveiled. Yeah. Uh, a lot of a lot of sites have now got that up. There, uh, they, the awards are going to be handed out uh, here in LA at the Beverly Hilton on January twentieth. Uh, it's going to be eleven picks uh, are vying. Eleven movies. Eleven. Uh, do you want to run through them, or do you want me to do it? Uh, we'll switch off. Go. Okay. Cool. Big sick. Call me by your name. Dunkirk. Get out. I, Tonya. Ladybird. Molly's Game. The Post. The Shape of Water. Three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. And Wonder Woman. Now, which was number eleven? Do, do you would think? Would they hire us to do that? <laughs> we had a good that was rhythm pretty there. Good. I know. We pretty didn't even good. we didn't even practice that, folks. Yeah. What do you think was number eleven there? Uh, it, I mean, I think it's between three movies. I think it's between <sighs> I, Tonya. Yeah. Uh, Molly's Game and Wonder Woman. I'm going with Molly's Game. Yeah. I think that was the one. That was the late comer there. That was the 11. Yeah. Fair yeah. enough. So so uh but obviously this this bodes well for Itania. This yep. you know maybe it has a chance at a best picture nomination. Wonder Woman's still in the race. Yes. Uh I don't think you can discount it just yet. Obviously this is the the year of Me Too. Mm-hmm. Um and then TV. crazy how that's been grafted onto the Wonder yeah. Woman campaign, but it has so be it. Yeah. Uh TV side uh, the nominees, uh, the nominees for the Danny Thomas. Award oh, I'm for... not even looking at those. So no. take it away. <laughs> okay, uh, for a television comedy, uh, Kirby Enthusiasm, Silicon Valley, and Veep, uh, Master of None, uh, Marvelous uh, Mrs. Maisel, which yep. I've seen adverts for, but I haven't watched. Ever, I think it's going to win this weekend. Interesting. My, uh, we just posted Golden Globe predictions right before I drove up here. Interesting. So just go to the tracking board and check out our Golden Globe predictions uh, if you want to win any pool. Drama, Big Little Lies, Game of Thrones, uh, The Crown, Stranger Things, and Handmaid's Tale. So. We'll It'll be interesting to see. Those are just sort of headline ones for you there, so we'll see. Uh, Black Mirror is up for the long-form TV nomination uh, with Fargo, Feud, uh, Sherlock, and uh, Wizard of Lies. So, um, yeah, interesting. 
Okay. Interesting. Um, what else is out there? Did you did you see that Jay Penske bought Rolling Stone for a cool hundred million? Yeah, I did see that. Pretty. Uh, you know what? Hats off to Jay Penske. We got yeah. off on the wrong foot there. Uh, he's been very nice to me over the years when we run into each other at award shows. Um, I've heard he, he's he's a, he's a really great guy from the mm. folks still you know within Variety and and yeah he he's he's building his empire. Guy bought Rolling Stone. I mean, I remember Pretty reading. Crazy. I remember reading that magazine growing up. I wasn't obviously around in the you know the sixties and seventies, but you know when I was sort of you know really into my music in like the the nineties and stuff like that. I remember reading Rolling Stone, and it's such a seminal, seminal magazine. But also the journalism, absolutely, even though readership has fallen. The journalism is consistently strong in that magazine. They have some great writers Not just over there. Music stuff for sure. Yeah. Uh, you know, it has lost a little bit of its luster over the last you know yep. years. Some of its cultural yep. cachet. Yep. Part of that's just the rise of all these other publications and networks. And, and mm. you know magazines, all that other stuff. Um, but what do you think that they should do if you're Jay Pensy? What do you think you should do with Peter Travers? Peter Travers. I mean, I, wait, is he? I don't even know if, he, if he's still there because I remember. Yeah, he's still there. I still see his name he, on quotes and stuff. I mean, like for that sure. But did he stone. did he transition from like full time staffer to like? I just remember something. There was something out there in the I media. Don't know. But basically, do you keep him on staff? Like, obviously, he's an institution. Yeah, but. Is it time for the next, the, the next Rolling Stone film critic for the next what fifteen years? What I was going to say is, I would keep Peter on, and I would basically transition him out in the next five or so years, and have someone as a Travers in waiting. So you bring in a B level person, you get. I mean, that an, loyalty, an A level person who just doesn't have a yeah, major. No, yeah, like but then you're, you're, B, you're B to to, to Pete. And then basically, as Pete then moves out naturally just, or otherwise, you I then think, have that person to rise up. You know, given the the audience, the readership that the in you know the, the uh, demographically uh, wise yeah. speaking, <laughs> that didn't make any sense. That the Ed Rolling Stone is chasing. Yeah, I think that they need to get a little bit younger with their critics. So I don't know if if it means trying to poach Drew McGuinney from my site or, or hiring Amy Nicholson well, I'll, or I'll tell you what I mean. This Cam is... Collins from The Ringer, but they need they need I think some fresh blood well, in, in there. Also, I think. It's it, you know the whole world of of, of critics is, is very much a sausage fest, and there has been. I mean, I'm not one for giving people a job because they are X or Y because I think that's tokenism, which is not helpful. But there are a lot of really good, strong female critics out there these days, and I think there are very few major publications that have a front and center female critic. So if I was Rolling Stone and I wanted to appeal to a slightly wider demographic and move forward, I would seriously look at the pool of very strong female writers there are out there right now in the world of film and start looking at that. I think that would be really good. It would add a new tone and texture to the content they're putting out. Even if you get two different viewpoints on the same film, I think that would be potentially really interesting. A lot of publications are not doing that. That's kind of what I would do. I would look at potentially doing something like that or at least have, even if it's not someone you want to replace Peter, I would say at least bring them in just to, to, to add a little bit of a little bit of sort of texture to your to, to the film writing there and a different perspective it would be interesting. I just wanted to but don't just give it to a woman because she's a woman, because that's tokenism and that's not helpful for for progressing women at all. But no. look at the look at the female journalists out there. 
No, but obviously there are a lot of, of yeah. great female critics out there who would be totally deserving of, uh, of a Rolling Stone job if that slot opened up. Um, real quickly, just to uh, bring your attention to Kyle Buchanan this morning, putting out some really good, interesting analysis about the PGA snubs, just about how, you know, with Phantom Thread, he doesn't think enough people have seen it at, the, uh, at this point, and, mm. and you may even be, uh, you know, seeing a, a Daniel Day-Lewis snub on Oscar nomination morning, just because people haven't seen it. Uh, Florida Project, he thinks we'll do better with the Academy, because it's, uh, it's a passion pick, Mudbound. Yep. He thinks this does not bode well for its Oscar chances. And, I'm and, not and, confident. And he that. thinks Darkest Hour should have come out a, a lot earlier to establish itself. Um, so, uh, yeah, head over to his Twitter feed. Anything else uh, to, to, to mention this week? Should we wrap it up? Uh, one thing I would like to mention, I've got a couple of things that I've put up on Forbes in the last couple of days. Uh, the, the one thing that people might actually be quite tickled to read uh, is 10 movies that turn 25 in 2018. So 10 movies that celebrate their quarter century. So it came out in 1993 this year. Pretty cool. It's, it's, I, it's I, I, love, I love those look backs. It's a good. It's a good year for movies, and a lot of people the same years come up when you go, "What was a classic year for movies?" '93 is a year that gave so many really strong movies, even if they were flops. There were some really good flops in there. So I picked ten quintessential movies from '93 that turned 25 this year. You might find that quite interesting. Um, What's coming up on the tracking board? Uh, and Neil's got I, that column coming Neil out? has that column. Uh, Drew is actually going to have a big piece on Bright, I think. I am working on a Versace review. Guys, Versace, just spoiler alert, is so fucking great. Cool. Loving Versace. Good, good, good. Darren Chris blowing me away. Uh, so, yeah, I'm going to be doing some writing on television. And that'll do it. Uh, thank you for watching the, the yeah, Popcorn Talk Network. We have an exciting 2018 in store for you. Make yes, sure to, to rate, comment, subscribe, share this with your friends. Spread the, the gospel of Simon and Jeff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Simon, where can the folks find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at showbizsimon. There's a Facebook page. This is Simon Thompson. And you can see my work in lots of different places. And I'm Jeff Snyder, editor-in-chief of the Dragon Board, <laughs> Dragon Hyphen board.com so at the insider on Twitter and Instagram folks have a good Golden Globe weekend Happy New I'll Year. be partying at HBO what? what from producers Maria Menounos Kevin Undergaro Phil Svitek and the entire Popcorn Talk Network we would like to thank you for tuning in for questions or comments be sure to visit popcorntalk.com I'm Sir Richard Wentworth and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of its owners or principals.